0: Ladies and gentlemen, good morning. I'm Scott Colborne, and it's great to be with you on this Saturday morning. Whether you're at the workplace or just kicking around home, and what's in your coffee cup, huh? I'll tell you what's in mine, and it's called Sulawesi. One of my favorite coffees, and uh, I'm sure enjoying it. Boy, it tastes good this morning. With me over here, doing all the backup stuff, my co-host, Jim Shorty. And Jim, how are you doing?
1: Now that I've got this coffee in front of me, I'm doing great. How's your week been? Uh, you know, working, sleeping, playing around on the other radio.
0: Playing some guitar? Yeah. Yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I intend to do some of that uh, today as, as well. We've got a great show for you. We're going to start with Charlene and Pet Talk, Dogs and Cats for Adoption from the Capital Humane Society. And then next up, after that, will be Janelle Rapp. We'll be talking about missing persons. Our main guest is the forensic psychologist and psychic medium, Robert Rigi. And if you want to talk with a real medium, we'll be taking your phone call starting at 1045 a.m. Central Time at 474-5086. Let me back up. It's 402-474-5086, it's extension 1. That'll be about 1045 today. Let's start off the the program here with Charlene and Pet Talk. Hi, Charlene. Tell us about how things are going at the Capital Humane Society.
2: Things are going really well. We're so grateful for living in such a caring community. We've been doing lots of adoptions, and we have more great animals waiting to go home today.
0: Very cool. So we've got a, a fundraiser coming up at Donna Millie's.
2: That's right. So it's a dine-in fundraiser and you can find more information on our website at capitalhumanesociety.org. Um, it talks about the different events going on, including that dine-in fundraiser on November 20th at Don and Millie's. And you just let them, uh, you just mentioned CHS and 20% will be donated.
0: And November 8th, we've got the 33rd annual Tales and Ties Dinner.
2: It's a great event, a gathering of very kind people. Um, We'll have a silent auction, a live auction, a story auction. It's a great event, and there are tickets available that you can purchase, again, by going to our website.
0: This is Charlene with the Capital Humane Society. We do this segment of Pet Talk to open up the program, and we talk about dogs and cats for adoption. And we sure appreciate hearing from a lot of you folks that you've indeed adopted dogs and cats from the Capital Humane Society. So I've got the website called up here. Who do you want to go with first?
3: Uh, Let's go with dogs.
0: Okay, that's a a good one. Okay, who's who's up for dogs?
2: (laughs) Iris. And Iris is very pretty. She has one blue oh, and one is. brown eye. A Siberian Husky, about two years old, intelligent mm-hmm. and energetic, looking for a family that knows how to bring out the best in her. Um, she will be a great companion for the right person. She does need to meet other dogs and kids to make sure she's a good match. Uh, but she, again, is a very intelligent dog that will be a great sidekick.
0: Great-looking dog. and These... Mm-hmm. these- Huskies always have these interesting blue eyes, too. So she's got this inquisitive look. She's maybe saying, can I go home with you today?
2: Uh Uh-huh.
0: So go to CapitalHumaneSociety.org, take a look at Iris. And she's got a buddy. His or her name is?
2: Clyde. (laughs) And Clyde is a very handsome German shepherd, about five years old. Uh, just very distinguished looking. Um, he can be a little shy when he first meets people, but he warms up quickly. Uh, he just is looking for somebody who will be very kind to him and provide him with ample exercise and training. Uh, we do want him to meet other dogs and kids to make sure they all get along well. And Clyde is going to be a really, really fine friend for the, the right family. I love that.
0: Yeah, Jim, if there's anybody in the family with the name of Bonnie, they got to go for Clyde. It's a, a great name for a dog, Clyde. <laughs> yep. I had a good friend uh, who used to do a program here, Clyde Adams, that uh, made me think of him here. So we've got a cool-looking dog, uh, very energetic, great dog for those twice a day, permanent weight loss programs, take your dog out for a 15, 25-minute walk. Take a look at Clyde at CapitalHumaneSociety.org. And uh, our third dog is?
2: Weasel. And Weasel (laughs) is for somebody who's looking for a calmer dog. He is a 10-year-old dachshund. Really, really sweet. Easy going. He'll just be happy going around the block once and then settling on the couch with you to watch movies or TV. Um, Again, he is going to be a very relaxed companion. So if you're looking for a smaller dog, consider him.
0: A little wiener dog. <laughs> yeah, that's right. exactly what I was thinking, too. <laughs> yeah. Yep, uh, sort of a long frankfurter with a with a cute head there. Uh, makes, Weasel's a... I had um, a I had a poodle dachshund. Mostly, it looked like a, a dachshund. His name is Ralph. And I swear, he was one of the smartest dogs that I've ever had. So oh, I believe it. Check out Weasel. And uh, his picture's up, along with Clyde and iris at CapitalHumaneSociety.org. Better yet, go out and see him today and tomorrow. Here's Shirlene with hours open.
2: Our Pylock Pet Adoption Center is open on Saturday and Sunday from 11
0: to 5.30. Pet pictures with Santa?
2: Pet I pictures know, with Santa? <laughs> When's
0: that coming up? That's going to be down yeah,
2: there with it's Mac. It's too early to start thinking about it. They make great cards. Um, So we do this, and we have to give a shout-out to our wonderful uh, volunteer Santa and volunteer photographers who do an amazing job. Um, This is an event that will be held at Camp Bow Wow, so you will call them to um, set up an appointment, and uh, those dates are going to be November 15th and November 19th.
1: Now, Scott, I want to see the picture when you take Mac down there and get your pictures taken with Santa.
0: Okay, well, you, you've got a couple of cats. You could, you could good in the chat. I have a cat. Yeah.
1: She wouldn't take well to that, I don't think. Okay.
0: Speaking of cats, we've got cats for adoption now. And uh, who's our first cat?
2: We are going to start with Hala, which I think is such a pretty name, and a very pretty cat, an orange tabby cat, oh, uh, yeah. four years old, a spayed female, uh, ready to be prancing and purring around in a great new home. Uh, again, she's just going to be a, a lot of fun, and she knows the right families out there.
1: Looks like she's just kind of leading out, ready to jump there.
0: I think this is our first holla that I think we've so, ever had. I think so. It's a holiday. Yeah, it is. A great looking cat, and uh, her friend is
2: Jagger. And Jagger is a nine year old neutered male Siamese, as those striking blue eyes and dark mm. points, uh, Siamese, and all cats are so smart, and he is indeed an intelligent cat, ready to meet a family that's going to appreciate all he has to offer. And
1: they always have that distinctive voice, too.
2: hmm yes.
0: <laughs> yep, running down the hall, going sideways up walls to find gravity, coming back down on the floor, they're, they're pretty fun cats. And, of course, Absolutely. it's a given that if, if the family's got anybody named Mick, you've got to go for Jagger. <laughs> um, Holla, Jagger, and?
2: Seward. And Seward is one of our younger cats. He's just four months old. Orange tabby markings with white. Very engaging and friendly and playful. So if you're oh, looking yeah, for look a that. kitten, consider Seward. He is going to make you uh, grin from ear to ear.
1: White booties on his feet and a white chest. And, uh, you know, if you live in that county to the west of us, this is the cat for you.
2: Right.
0: That's right. Yeah, we've got folks in Seward listing. Paula, Jagger, and Seward, three great cats. And uh, two cats are better than one, so maybe when you go out there, think about that. Because we went out there years ago, ended up bringing Jasmine and Sanada home, and they were just wonderful. Really enjoyed both of them. So Paula we Jag- have
2: Jagger. Oh, sorry to interrupt. We have colonies of cats, and so those cats have been living together in a colony and getting along. So that's a really good way for people to judge that um, they will be fine companions in their new home.
0: Okay. Um, for more information, you can go to CapitalHumaneSociety.org and take a look at these dogs and cats for adoption. If you click on that thumbnail, they pop open, and you can read a, a little sketch of the, of the dog or a cat. Better yet, you can go out and see them this weekend. And uh, is, is there a football game today, or is this an off day? Let's let
2: Jim answer.
0: <laughs> I think it's maybe an off day. So you got plenty of time. There's no real real competition. Uh, here's Shirley, with hours open today and tomorrow.
2: Our Pylock Pet Adoption Center is open on Saturday and Sunday from 11 to 530.
0: Pet pictures with Santa? Yes, that's true. Find out more at CapitalHumaneSociety.org. Okay, my friend, what are you doing for the rest of the day? Are you working?
2: I am working. I will be here at the Adoption Center. We have great volunteers coming in to help. Um, We just always have a lot going on, especially on the weekends, so I expect it will be a busy day. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, thanks for all that you do, Charlene. We'll keep sending folks your way.
2: Thank you. Have a great day.
0: You as well. Charlene and friends at the Capital Humane Society, make them the first place you go when you want to adopt a dog or cat. I'm Scott Colborne. You're listening to Exploring Unexplained Phenomena. Uh, I've been doing a lot of talking this week, and I still have a voice left. So let me sip what's in my cup. And did you folks ever answer me about what's in your cup? Are you coffee or tea drinkers? That younger generation—they go for soda pop. But uh, new matter, it's a great morning out there. We had some rain overnight. I was in my my den library last night, pretty late, kind of winding down, and I heard what sounded like a pitter-patter, and I thought, uh, maybe it's the hot water heater recycling in the basement. Maybe my, no, it can't be the furnace kicking on, it's warm enough. That's rain! (laughs) So I bolted out, my dog was in the backyard, kind of looking at me like, really? Really? You couldn't let me in before this started, so... I got him toweled off, and, and uh, I don't know how much we had, but for a while here, it really really came down pretty, pretty good. Our main guest today is going to be the forensic psychologist and psychic medium, Robert Riege. And we'll be taking your phone calls at 402-474-5086, extension 1. That starts at about uh, 25, 20 minutes roughly from here. Folks, I'd like to um, have you join me in sending um, a prayer and good thoughts to my longtime friend, Ray Boucher. Ray and I co-founded the program and we started it in October 1984. And we've, uh, we've gone through a lot together. He's one of my, my best friends and uh, he's now facing an illness that is not insurmountable and uh, he's going to face it with all the courage and strength that he's always shown. And I ask for just a little bit of an umph from you to send him your best wishes, good thoughts, and prayers for um, a recovery and lots of strength. So join me now in sending that to our friend Ray Beaucher. Next week's guest, we're going to do an annual Halloween show. What do you think about this, Jim? Our annual Ghosts in the morning show. Ghosts in the morning. That's a great time for ghosts. Yep, we're going to have Dale Kazmarek, Lloyd Arbach, two of the big stalwarts in the field, and her friend Brent Rains. So it should be a great program. With me now on the phone is Janelle Rapp. And Janelle, where do you make your home at?
3: I'm in Placentia, California.
0: Okay, it's great to talk with you, and you are interested in helping people <laughs> connect with, and helping find missing persons. Tell us the why behind that.
3: Well, my sister, Gina Boss, was playing at an open mic in Lincoln, Nebraska on October 17th, 2019 years ago. And she walked out from her performance, and that's the last she was seen. She was at Dugan's Pub at the time, at 11th and K there in Lincoln. And that was it, we haven't seen her since and I remember Scott, you were
0: there that night. Uh, I played with a band called The Relics and we were the last band to play that night Gina had gotten up and done a um, a sort of folk set, she did four or five songs played a guitar, sang um, was dressed in black, head to foot she was well received by the audience, had lots of applause and there was a young sort of rockish band, alternative rock band that got up next. And during their set, uh, they motioned for her to come back on stage. And so she joined them just to show people the versatility that she had. Uh, I'm sure she didn't know the songs, but she added backup harmonies and vocals uh, on uh, on the choruses. And so they had a great performance. And then my band takes the stage, and I'm setting my amp up and my guitar and things. And Gina is about three feet away, and she's talking with a guitar player from that band and thanking him for allowing her to come up. And he's uh, showering her with accolades, saying you sounded great, this was really fun. Gina sounded like she was in full control of her faculties. She was not uh, out there. She was not bombed or drugged out. Her eyes sparkled, and she did really well. She was having fun. And uh, that's the last Janelle that I ever saw of her. We understand Mm -hmm. that the club closed at 1 o'clock and people uh, walked out the front door. Gina was seen walking out. Her car was parked out in front. And she never came home that night.
3: Right.
0: Guitar player. And
3: she hasn't been home since.
0: Guitar player would never put their guitar in a trunk and leave the trunk partially open. Never?
3: No, never. they
0: wouldn't. So no. we've been asking that question, as you know, through my newsletter and on the, on the radio show since that date of what happened to Gina Bose, B-O-S. And somebody out there, right. uh, somebody out there has a piece in the puzzle that they think is very, very small and significant uh, that if they would share that with the Lincoln Police Department, it could help solve this mystery. And uh, I'll do my best to until we can bring her home to keep talking about this. And that, that got you motivated, Janelle. You realize that there are other people out there that are also turning up missing.
3: Right. Um, when I started to search for Gina, I realized that the people that we see on the news that are missing are not the only ones that are missing. There are so many more they don't make it on the news because they don't have a scandalous story. They don't have a story to their disappearance or they're not a household name. And so I decided since I had been a singer-songwriter for years that I would use the skills that I learned from booking concerts and creating media to do that for people who had someone missing. And um, the first year, we had events from L.A. to New York City. We had 13 events. And I had no intention of starting a nonprofit at all. I wanted to be an artist. I did not want to have a business and a nonprofit. And um, so I, I was just simply doing this to help those families get media. I honestly did not think that anybody would be found. And I, maybe that sounds like I was negative, but I couldn't find my own sister. So how could I think that I could find anybody else's sister, brother, mother, or father? And so uh, we did our events, and three days after our New York City event, a young man from Indianapolis was found in New York City because of our event. Fantastic. Directly because of it. And at that moment, I, I will never forget that moment. I knew that I had to do this, that I had no choice. Now that I knew this worked, I had to do it, and so I started an organization in my sister's honor called Gina for Missing Persons, and uh, we started to do Gina concerts every year around the time of her disappearance because we learned that if the families of the missing have an event on the disappearance date or on their family member's birthday, that um, they're able to get media. I know it doesn't sound like a big deal, but it's it's enough of a hook for media to cover it. And so we started the events on October 17th, the day she disappeared, until her birthday, which is November 4th. And so that is now the Squeaky Wheel Tour that we're doing. Mm -hmm. In 2006, we started calling the Gina Concerts the Squeaky Wheel Tour. And um, we've been doing them ever since. Sometimes we go on a big tour bus if we can raise enough money. And we tour the country on a tour bus with the faces of
0: missing people on the side. Yeah, and, and you spell uh, squeaky, raise um, money. S-Q-U-E-A-K-Y.
3: Yes.
0: Squeaky Wheel Tour. If you type that into your favorite search engine, the page is going to pop right up just like it did for me here. And you've got states listed and special events taking place. Uh, and today you want to talk about some missing people. Um, do you want me to go ahead and name them or do you want to do that?
3: Why don't you go ahead and name them?
0: Jennifer Anderson. Gina Bose. Jason Jolkowski. Jolkowski. Tyler Tyler Thomas.
3: Right. Right. Those are people that are missing from Omaha and Lincoln. And um, we're just asking people to go on our website you can go on the squeaky wheel tour what he what he had stated earlier or you can go to 411gina.org which is on the same site look for the missing and you can look in the state of Nebraska or in the state that you're from or in the state you're you're in right now because i know um, you can listen to this channel anywhere Worldwide. in the world mm-hmm. now so wherever you're at there is somebody missing So you can look on our site And you can click on that person and you can actually be one of the people that are helping to get the word out. You can be part of the squeaky wheel tour today just by going on there, clicking on the missing, looking for your state or country, and then find somebody and then share them on social media. Social media has a lot of good and bad aspects of it, but the good thing is that it connects us all. And since it connects us all, you have an opportunity to help find one of those
0: people. Mm Mm-hmm. Marilyn Alexander from Hastings, Jennifer Anderson from Omaha, Michael Ashby, Omaha, Uh, Alexandra Gallegos from Omaha, Uh, Gina Bose from Lincoln, Benjamin Cannon from Omaha, Julian Cutshaw from Norfolk, Uh, Angel Guzman from Omaha, Margaret Holst from Omaha, Jason Jolkowski from Omaha, Tyler Thomas from Peru, Nebraska. Those are among the people that are currently missing. And Janelle, I don't want to put you in the spot, but I've heard an astronomical figure of the number of people that go missing every year. Can you pull that off the top of your head or from memory? Well,
3: in an average year... It's over 600,000. Unbelievable. The year that Gina disappeared, it was over 800,000 missing persons report.
0: And a lot of those folks... Unfortunately... A lot of those folks are found. They turn up.
3: Right. Most of them are. Most of them are. But at the end of the year, about 80,000 are still missing. And one of those 80,000 is my sister. Well... Okay,
0: uh, if you go to Squeaky, S-Q-U-E-A-K-Y, Squeaky Wheel Tour, the website will pop up. There's a number of links off of that. And uh, what's the website then for the, uh, is it 411gina.org? That's correct. Okay, I got it from memory there. So she was last seen, Gina Bose, October 17th, 2000. Uh, leaving dugan's pub somebody out there knows something please contact the lincoln police department 402-441-6000 and your little piece that you think is really insignificant may be the break that we need exactly janelle what are you doing for the rest of the weekend well you're welcome you're welcome
3: we have another show today—a squeaky wheel show—in Phoenix. We're in Vegas right now. We were in Orange County, California, on Thursday
0: night. Yeah, I'm going to have so the strangers
3: out there squeaking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> good, and thus the name, because the squeaky wheel is the one that gets the attention in Greece, right? Uh, that's right. I'm going to be flying into Las Vegas this year <laughs> on on Halloween. <laughs> Oh wow! And so I'm already chuckling about that. One of the strangest That's cities in funny. the country, and I'm flying in there on Halloween. So,
3: Janelle, it should uh, be interesting.
0: Um, I hope you uh, keep your voice for a long time to come. That beautiful voice you've got for singing and for sharing your Thank music, you. and also your voice that you're using to help people find these missing persons. And I appreciate you, Janelle. Thank you for taking time to to share your family story, your sister's story, Gina Bose, with us, and uh, to help the call to action for the rest of the people here that that need to be found. So keep on keeping on, my friend.
3: Thank you so much, Scott. I so appreciate all the work that you've done on behalf of my sister and my family. I, I just am so appreciative of that all these 19 years you've been supporting us Um. It's just amazing that you've done that, and I appreciate the story every time you tell it um, about how you saw her and her spirits, and you know you got to see the last time that she sang, and Mm -hmm. and I I just um, I'm really appreciative of that story.
0: She was having she was having fun that night. The crowd uh, enjoyed her, and uh, you could tell that she would come back for more. So
3: oh yeah, she. she loves attention.
0: <laughs> <laughs> She'd found a place that was appreciative, um, and she did, she did really well. So I'm pretty critical. You know, when, when people say folk music, oftentimes for me, it's somebody singing slightly off key. <laughs> that, it's like fingernails. She didn't do that. She hit all the notes. She sounded really good. So, Okay, Janelle, um, all right. love, all right. love and appreciation to you. Um, thank you so much.
3: All right. Bye, Scott.
0: Janelle Rapp, the sister of Gina Bose, who went missing October 17th, 2000. She had four kids at home and didn't come home that night. So people with uh, information, however small, call the Lincoln Police Department at 402-441-6000. I'm Scott Colborne. You're listening to Exploring Unexplained Phenomena and... uh, we're going to take our bottom-of-the-hour break. We'll be back with our special guest, James Riggi. Excuse me, Robert Riggi. Maybe maybe James to some people, but we'll call him Robert, okay? And uh, we'll, be, we'll be right back with Robert Riege. Um Jim Shorney here. Scott Colborne, we're going to fill up our coffee cups, and uh, we'll be right back. Sure gra- glad to have you out there. Stay tuned. For more right after this scott Colborne with exploring unexplained phenomena it's great to have you with us whether you're at the workplace or just kicking around home and uh, we have a special guest in the studio his name is robert
4: rigi and robert how you doing i am doing fantastic thank you so very much scott for allowing me to be on today and i want to thank lynn and uh, jan heiner uh, from Beatrice for being wonderful, wonderful friends of mine for the past 40 years. Mm-hmm. I come out and visit them. They're the ones who got me hooked up with you a couple of years ago, going on the ghost tour of mm-hmm. Lincoln, so I'm looking forward to that so very, very much. Um, also want to do a shout out to Keith Ottersberg and to the Cobra Paranormal in Wymore, um, uh, Nebraska. We'll be with those folks this coming in the next couple of weeks. And also my friend and Michelle in Ohio, And um, all my family friends who are listening to this right now. And also listening on this on the internet, I do believe, correct? At this very
1: moment? Yeah, yeah. And it's fun because I know Keith not through the the paranormal, Uh but as mutual friends of the, the musicians that create the music that we play on the
4: show. Oh, okay, wonderful, so, uh, Keith is a very good guy. Yes. Keith and I belong to a group called Spirit Spirit Mechanics mm-hmm. from Kentucky, and um, hi Steve, I know you're in Columbus, Ohio right now on a case, so I'm praying for you guys. And also let, let us all remember Scott's friend who needs prayer, yes. okay? And also Absolutely. think about all of the all of the people who are missing and all the loved ones who are missing them terribly who are grieving for them keep them in prayer also that they will return home that they will receive some answers um in the whereabouts of their loved ones okay okay scott's looking
1: at the map right now to see where we've got uh we should have some people down in beatrice listening hello beatrice
0: we um um we've got robert here in the studio our phone number now if you'd like to talk with him as a psychic medium is 402 474 5086 extension one. And that phone line is now open 402 474 5086 extension one. You don't have to call if you don't want to. You know how that goes, right? But uh, if you want to or need to, give us a call. That number, once again, 402 474 5086 extension one. Now we've got people listing from
4: uh, Russia right now. Wonderful. Welcome to our Russian brothers and sisters, and looks like in different parts of the world, too. Mm -hmm. We have a worldwide audience. And so, hola to my Spanish friends, and bonjour to my French friends, and to my German and Dutch and Austrian friends, um, guten Morgen to you, and guten Tag to you also. So, uh, Lynn, can you pull a
0: mic down, like that green one right here?
5: Okay.
0: And when I, when I talked to you, you said that um, you met Robert how long ago? Oh, 40 years ago. It was or back better. in,
5: like, 78. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we worked at the state hospital in Iowa, mm-hmm. Woodward. And uh, at first, he didn't like me.
4: No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. That's a God's truth. Yeah. I do. I didn't.
5: Um, but we, I guess I grew on him. And Yeah,
4: just like a fungus. But and
5: you know. now, I mean, we're like... I don't We're know.
4: like brother and sister. We're closer yeah. than that. Yeah. We are. We're so, very, very close. I,
0: I had the same experience growing up. We uh, oftentimes would get into a fight and then become best friends <laughs> after the fight. Yes. Yeah. yes. So we do weird things. Yeah. So you've known each other for a long time. Lynn, do you live in Beatrice?
5: Yes, but yeah. I'm originally from Sioux City, Iowa.
0: And uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of the, the famous guitar player, uh, Tommy Bowen, I think was from Sioux City,
5: Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. So uh, you met Robert, and uh, have you kept in touch all those years? For- oh, yeah. Oh,
4: my. Yeah, We've dr-
5: even lived together at yeah, different times. Yeah, we would have. And, and When we started out, we lived in the same apartment building. Right. And then when we moved to Nebraska, he came and actually lived with us mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I've been in Nebraska now for probably close to 30 years. So.
0: Robert, tell us about being a forensic psychologist. What, what is that title?
4: Well, forensics basically means that medical technology taken into the courtroom. That's all it means. That's all it is. It is a fancy name just for that. But it is even more detailed in what, um, in what also entails. It entails working with the criminal mind. And I love the criminal mind. You know, um, it's very fascinating to me. Um, I know that I've read many, many stories of Ed Gein. If you've heard of Ed Gein before, he was kind of the first serial killer. And that's where the movie um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre came from, basically was based on Ed Kein. Um And like Ted Bundy and those types of folks, John Wayne Gacy. Um, they have just fascinated me so much. In fact, I have a letter from John Wayne Gacy um, because he was from Illinois. I'm from Peoria, Illinois. And uh, and so I'm just fascinated by that criminal mind. And so I received a letter from him before he was um, executed. And... Um, And so the criminal mind has always fascinated me. And also that there is a fine line between being psychiatrically ill and being demon-possessed. And so we have to be very, very careful. And one thing that I do with the Catholic Church, and there's a new show on called Evil, which is just perfect because she's a forensic psychologist and she is hired by the church. And Mm -hmm. I have worked with, I am Roman Catholic. That's what my spirituality is based on. And, um, And so there is a fine line. And... I received a call, but first, before we start, I need to say a prayer to Saint Michael the Archangel. If that is okay, in um, my tradition being Roman Catholic, I bless myself um, because I want everyone to be protected. Uh, while we talk about the things that we're going to talk about today. Okay? Okay? So in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the other evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. Because it's very important that when we begin to talk about the paranormal, when we talk about the evil one, and I have worked extensively with people who have been possessed, really authentically mm-hmm. um, um, possessed. Do you know who Father Michael is from Chicago, the Archdiocese of Chicago? If anyone would watch uh, like Ghost Adventures and the, the Demon House and all that, Father Michael was um, on with Zach Uh, regarding that. Father Michael is a very good friend of mine. Um, Do angels talk to me? Yes. Do dead people talk to me? Yes. Do I see psychically things? Yes. What's the difference between how, how I see things psychically, Scott, and everyone who's listening is that right now, Scott, I see your name and you're alive and I see these little blocks and I'm using my hands because I'm Italian, but you know those little alphabet blocks that have A, B, and C and all that on them, right? Point. And hell, I see that and I know that you're alive, you know, you're talking to me. Um, and so there's a block with an S and then now, okay, so now that the spirit world is open, the floodgates are open and everything. And so then if somebody would come through that wants to leave you a message and everything, the person will leave their initial. And if it is alive, it will be standing up, right? If it is a woman, it will have lace on it. And if it's not a woman, Mm -hmm. it won't have lace. If it's laying on its side, that means the person is deceased. Okay? Um, Example of of how I have worked with the evil one. And there is a fine line between being psychiatrically ill and also demon possession. And one of the cases that I worked on, I, and, I, and I give my telephone number out. I do a lot of radio programs here in the United States as well as in the United Kingdom. Um, and I'll give my telephone number out. And please call me if you want information, if you need assistance. I'm going to be here in the, in, you know, the Beatrice and the Lincoln area until at least the 18th of November. Then I have to go home for a while and then come back. I'm having some physical problems, as you know. But anyhow, but I'm quite blessed. Um, anyhow, so... Um, this person, this person had gone down to St. Louis and to Bush Stadium, and he overheard a conversation of these people talking about that they heard about heard me on the radio. And, um, and so this person, his name is Kevin. I can't give you his last name. I cannot give you the name of the town where he's from in Illinois uh, because of confidentiality, which is very, very important. Anyhow, so Kevin received the telephone number from them, And about two o'clock in the morning, one night, um, I got a telephone call, had no idea. I knew it was from Illinois, Um, but anyhow, and it was Kevin on the phone. And Kevin lives in West Central Illinois about three and a half hours from me. Don't know who he is from Adam or Eve. And all of us just talking to Kevin, and I asked him how I could help him, but I just got this weird feeling that something just wasn't right with him. I've asked my angels to help me, to protect me, and Kevin started to say, you know, this is what's going on with him, and he was scared. Um, and, And all at once, the most guttural voice came from Kevin. I'm not gonna tell you what demon was inside of him because when we do, it's a calling card. And this one is the nastiest of the nastiest ones, yeah. okay? Anyhow, so Kevin, and this guttural voice came out and said, Robert, that if you don't leave, and I won't use the vernacular that the evil one used. we don't, okay. we can't use that. I know. Okay. Um, but anyhow, hey. all at once, this evil one came out and said, I know who you are, and I know where you live. And I said, you have no power over me. And he goes, well, your God has no power over me, over him. So anyhow, and he said, I will tell you how strong I am. And one thing about like an exorcism is that the exorcist and the one who's possessed, the evil one who's inside, there's a dialogue between them. It's only between the exorcist and, and, you know, and the demon. There could be other people in the room like I was, um, but, it's, but, the, but the dialogue is just between those two, okay? Anyhow, the evil one who was inside of him started to tell me things about myself that no one would know. Kevin would not know. Kevin would not know that I am adopted.
0: So I've got a question sure. for you then, Robert. Uh, you're engaged in this, this phone call. Right. And um, how are you certain that it's a voice speaking through Kevin? Could it have been a voice that interrupted the phone call that's coming from a, quote-unquote, third party? Right. Well, I,
4: because, okay. Is Kevin aware at this time of what's going on? Yes, Kevin knew. Kevin was lucid sometimes, and he says, Robert, I don't know what's going on, but I know there's something inside of me. And all of once Kevin would say, Kevin said, "Um, I see blood on the floor, but I don't know where it's coming from. Okay. Um, But he's aware of what's going on. Yeah, he does. He he really can't stop it. He's very aware of what's going on. He is not drunk. He's not any of that. And the left side of me, when I am engaging with the evil one, the left side of me will tingle. The hairs will stand up on end and everything, okay? And the minute I even got the, before I got the call from Kevin, I sensed that there was something just not right. And how the evil one told me things about myself, like I said, Scott, that Kevin might not know about, of me being adopted, um, of me being uh, Roman Catholic about me going to the grade school and actually mentioning the saint's name of this grade school, which is no longer existing in Peoria, and the evil one knew and he knew other things. And I remember the evil one said, "If you don't leave Kevin alone, I know where you live and I can be there before you take your next breath." Mm-hmm. And again, I said, "The Saint," I said, "I said the prayer to Saint Michael the Archangel." And all at once, this most horrendous growl, most horrendous howling came from, came from Kevin. And our conversation, he wanted me to come out right away. But my spirit said, told me, you can't go three and a half hours away by yourself. You don't know what you're getting into. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's always be safe to take someone with you. Anyhow, this conversation with Kevin lasted for hours. And all at once, the phone died. I tried to reach him, nothing. He tried to reach me, nothing. And that happens a lot of times when the pesky spirits or when the evil one, uh, doesn't want you to help someone who's in need, they'll mess up with the phones all the time, constantly. Okay. Eventually Kevin did get back to me. I told Kevin that I, and other things, other things happened too, which were horrendous. And, um, he asked me if, I told him that. He asked me if I could come, and I said, no, not this late hour by myself. It's just not safe. Also, he lives, it's not easy to get to his part of Illinois from where I live in Peoria. It just isn't. There's no interstates. It's all backcountry and everything. It's just not safe. Mm-hmm. I told him that I would contact the Monsignor in the Peoria Diocese um, who knows about the paranormal, and he would come with me then the following day. So I called the Ma- and so I told Kevin that my phone is on. Call me, I'm praying for you, but just stick in there. Just hang in there. Mm-hmm. I believe that God puts us where we need to be at any given time, that God puts people in our lives for, for a specific reason. You know, there's a lesson in life in everything. And uh, so I knew that I knew that Kevin was supposed to call me. I knew that Kevin was supposed to be down in St. Louis at that time at Bush Stadium to run into these people uh, because Kevin needed help. And, um, and so the next day, I contacted the Monsignor, and so we went down there. And even before we got down there, the Monsignor's car, which is a brand, fairly brand new car, started to act up, um, just different things, trying to keep us away from Kevin. Um, and the smell and the stench. We talk about the sulfur smell and the evil one and such like that. And the stench was unbelievable. Um, I was getting sick to my stomach even before going there because I knew that I was going to, going to be experiencing something that was going to be horrendous. And so did the Monsignor. So we get to, we, so we get to Kevin's home way out in the country, as we say, and um, um, Kevin meets us at the door. And from the moment that we stepped in, we were there for about v- four hours that it was just horrendous what I experienced with
0: Kevin. So what would would a person uh, logically want to call law enforcement, because if you don't know Kevin, you don't know what you're walking into. Right. Maybe it's one of the, um, the serial killers you mentioned earlier. So, right. But well, that, I'd sure want to let law enforcement know I'm doing something.
4: Well, a lot of people have done that. And what happens is that law enforcement gets, uh, gets involved and a lot of times then those people are harassed a lot, for a lot of reasons by police force for some reason or that they are taken to a psychiatric part of, the ho- uh, part of a hospital, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And so I did not want to get the police involved. Somehow in you well, felt so like ever. you'd be okay though. You didn't think yes. there was anybody lying in wait.
0: Right. Um, we're going to take our break here in about 60 seconds. Okay. I wanted to mention that um, years ago, I read a book by the psycholo- or psychiatrist M. Scott Peck, and it was called People of the Lie, The Hope for Healing Human Evil, where he talked about as a psychiatrist his recognition that there was evil. Mm-hmm. And oh, uh, there's a lot of people that are in metaphysics or that that call themselves New Age that scoff at evil, saying that that's just simply incorrect thinking or bad thinking, Mm -hmm. (laughs) he would say, no, there's actually this force or presence. So one of the last books that he wrote was called Glimpses of the Devil, a Psychiatrist's Personal Account of Possession, Exorcism, and Redemption. And it came out in 2005. I read that book also, um, and he talks about the very real presence, and he was a part of a number of these exorcisms mm-hmm. trying to help free people from right. this, this bondage. So um, we'll take our top-of-the-hour break, and we'll come back with, and we'll pick your story up okay. right there, and, okay. that you're walking in the door with the Monsignor, mm-hmm. and you're at Kevin's house. Yes. Um, our guest is Robert Rigi, and you can find him on Facebook. His last name is R-I-G-H-I, and uh, his phone number, I don't, don't know if you want to call him right now, because he's on the air here, but his phone number that you can store for later is 309-213-0325. It's sure great to have you with us, whether you're at the workplace or just kicking around home. I'm Scott Colborn, and we've got a guest in the studio, Robert Riege. Uh, he makes his home in Peoria, Illinois, and he's back visiting friends here in the Lincoln and Beatrice area. Or they say on national news, Beatrice. Yes, it is Beatrice. Yes, <laughs> it is.
1: And There was a TV commercial that intentionally did that years ago. Oh, really? For a, for a fast food burger chain that oh. we won't name. But they, <laughs> they were going to stop in Beatrice, Nebraska.
0: Okay, so you're, in your story, your narrative, you had picked up the Monsignor. Yeah, you were having car uh, problems, and you drove to this gentleman's house
4: yes. in Illinois. His name's Kevin. Yes, Kevin, yes. And, you and walk Kevin in is door. probably listening right now. Um, so, hi, Kevin. Love you, buddy. Hang in there. Um, so we walk in, and, and even before we got there, things just didn't work out. It just Things were just creepy. And, um, and so our bodies... Our bodies, if we listen to our bodies more, our bodies will tell us what truth is. If we mm-hmm. listen to our spirits, intuitive, as they say, our gut feeling and such. Um, and the minute we walked in, we smelled the most horrible, horrible stench. There are no pets in this house. You know what I mean? It's just horrible, horrible. Mm-hmm. Kevin is very emaciated, very thin. Um, we did see a couple of guns on a rack, which is, kind of, which is in that part of Illinois that's common. Mm-hmm. Um, But anyhow, I never felt scared of Kevin. But the minute we walked in, Kevin embraced us, gave us a hug. And then Kevin whispered in my ear, but it wasn't Kevin. It was the evil one inside of him saying that you will never leave this house. Hmm. And uh, and so again, I said this. and, And so I... I said to the Monsignor, this is what I'm hearing. And, and so Kevin, you know, the Monsignor brought a crucifix, and I always have my rosary with me and such, and uh, holy water. And so Kevin was, you know, blessed by the Monsignor, and Kevin's body began to shake. Well, a long story short with all this, uh, we were there for four hours, and 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 automatically that the Monsignor deemed that Kevin was not psychiatrically ill because what he was doing or the evil one inside him was just doing, there's no way that it was schizophrenia or nothing like that. But again, the Catholic Church is very, very, um, they're very, very meticulous to make sure that it's still not a psychiatric disorder because there is a fine line. Anyhow, so then Kevin, the Monsignor, called, stepped out, called his friend, Father Michael, that's in the Archdiocese of Chicago, to see if we could bring Kevin up. And Father Michael said yes, and so I can tell you some things uh, that we that the next day we picked Kevin up, and Kevin had to agree to all this. There was a lot of legal things to sign and such like that, and so anyhow, and so we took Kevin to Loyola Medical Center, which is run by the Jesuits, Loyola University. Anyhow, he was there. A lot of testing was done. A lot of blood work, CAT scans, MRIs—all that was done. Um, he saw two psychiatrists, two psychiatrists there, and he, they they deemed him competent, that he was not suffering from any any psychiatrically um, illness, and so and so and so there was a plan. Uh, that it would, it would exorcism would happen in in three days, and so even before an exorcism, there is a lot of legal paperwork. There's a lot of things that we have to get ready spiritually. My part in it was that because Kevin and I had that connection, that I was going to be there to help with Kevin, um, the evil one. The priests were going to take care of that, um, and you know, and so there were prayers to be said and such like that. Well, all in all, the the exorcism took about 74 hours, not not continuously, but nonstop. Did things happen inside of the room? Yes. Did Kevin spin his head around like you see in the exorcist? No, that is all theatrics. But did doors slam open and shut? Yes. Was there a stench? Yes. Um, a lot of other things. Um, and I'm not going to get into everything because it is not... That the doors opened and slammed and the drawers and things flew around the room and such like that. The main thing is that we were, that Kevin, that we were saving Kevin's life. Kevin's spiritual life as well as his physical life. So after 70 plus hours, it was filmed, um, and, and he had to sign for that. Uh, there were, there was Father Michael who was a main exorcist. There was another priest. There was a psychiatrist, a priest. And also there was a medical doctor who's also a priest. Blood pressure was taken all the time when Kevin needed to rest. And so that was given, but all in all, Kevin is doing wonderfully now. Okay. Um, I know that he remembers some of it, but doesn't remember all of it. But again, Scott and my paranormal brothers and sisters who are listening to this, when, when you see someone physically laying in bed and Kevin gave us permission if he needed to be uh, restrained for his own protection and our protection, that he signed off on that also. That when you see someone and all a bunch that you're talking to them like I'm talking to Scott right now um, that and then all at the once it changes in just in a second and a guttural voice and your and his and his affect his facial expression changed completely uh, and then you know that you're not dealing with you know with, with you know that you're not dealing with with Kevin at that very moment that you're dealing with the evil one
0: was 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 could Kevin have been an actor? Was he putting you on, do you think?
4: No. Oh, no. No way. No. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. No way. These, you know, the Catholic Church, these psychiatrists were so, I mean, they, they delved into every part and every aspect of Kevin's life. Is he a family guy, single or? He is single. Um, he is with the same girl that he was with before, and he's doing beautifully. And again, he knows. Some of He remembers some of what happened. He does, like, I have a CD of it. And when he is, Kevin, when you're ready, you know to, you know, to contact me. And Kevin and I talk to each other for you know, a couple times a month. He's doing wonderfully now. He's in a Bible-based church, okay? Um, and and uh, so he's doing wonderfully. But he is very aware that any, at any given time, he can be repossessed. Oh, that sounds like a car being taken away. But anyhow, but he can be, the possession can come back. So he knows, he knows the triggers. He knows what he needs to do. Has he, he, uh, before that you met Kevin,
0: had he experienced this before? Was this a, a sudden onset? Was it a gradual thing?
4: Talking to Kevin, Kevin said it was a gradual thing. You know, like, you know, you know, there's three different aspects when it comes to possession. Of course, there's infestation, which is of a spirit, which is knocking and ticking and footsteps and all that. Right. And then there's um, and there there's um, obsession, um, excuse me, oppression with that. Then um, and when the evil one starts working on you physically, that you hear the nicking and the to- and ticking and all this other stuff. And then. The evil one begins to bother you at night, so he begins to wear you down. The evil one knows our most intimate situations in our life, that he knows that where we are most vulnerable, and that's where he will attack. Okay, um, um and anybody else in Kevin's family have this experience? No, no, in so. fact, that Kevin. It was a while before Kevin told his family. Sure, his girlfriend knew that he was going to go with us, but his family did not know. Um, you know, it's one thing that you don't want to get on the news. Oh, hi, mom. By the way, I'm going to Loyola Medical Center for an exorcism. Bye. You know, I mean, you know, it's just he did not want that. He didn't want. He didn't want his family to know. Okay, okay? and so anyhow. You the exorcism went well, uh, but it was cre- it, it was so different. Your hair your hair stand up on end. Um, it just doesn't affect. It affects Kevin, yes, very much so, but also affects the other people. Mm-hmm. You know, in, you know, in the room too, because what you experience when you see a phone fly off or when you see, when you see lights turned on and off or when you see shutters on the window going back and forth, when you notice things flying around or the stench and you know that it's not caused by any physical thing that anyone's doing, that it is caused by the power of the evil one. Um, um, It was quite horrendous. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I had to go. I stayed there. Kevin was there for another week. I stayed with him. And it was just time for me to relax and and get my thoughts together of what I experienced also. Um, but Kevin is doing beautifully now. And I could go into more detail, but Kevin is probably listening, and Kevin knows that he does. And Kevin is aware that he doesn't remember a lot of these things. Okay, When what i mentioned, I've mentioned on other radio programs too, okay? And, um, and those are the things that Kevin does remember. Okay? Did,
0: was there a, a,
4: a, a initial
0: um, choice that without... Uh, Without putting any guilt or onus on Kevin, was there any uh, choice that he made initially that could have uh, helped create the onset of these? And I don't want to pick on people that, that uh, uh, use the Ouija board and have fun with that. Um, it's a spirit communication tool, but
4: I've also heard so many stories of people that we're not educated, right? And you know, and how, you know how to, you know how to open it and close it, because you know, for, if for
0: example we've got a, a big shopping center in Lincoln that's called Gateway or Westfield Mall, oh. and I've I've likened a Ouija board to a payphone in the middle of that mall, mm-hmm. and that you're going to call that payphone expecting somebody that picks up the phone that's going to be articulate, intelligent, that's mm-hmm. going to have your best interest in mind. And that's the luck of the draw. You could you could call that phone and pick up somebody like me who is right. hungry <laughs> and <laughs> likes to pull pranks. Right, and that could happen as well. So, mm-hmm. with with that said, um, was there anything that that? Kevin initially did. Kevin had played with the Ouija board.
4: That he had opened a
0: door, if he, you will.
4: He had opened the portal. Also, Kevin was using drugs prior to that. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Okay, and now Kevin is clean. Everything is straightened Good. out with his life completely. Um, but the Ouija board, of course, a lot of people think because you can buy it in the Walmart or whatever. It's just a game. But you know it. You know life is a portal as it is, and we have to be very, very careful. And we have to know. Um, you know, I mean. So we do you move the planchette and stuff like that. You know, we're trying to get hold of Aunt Mabel or whoever, right? Um, and as we know that Jesus says in the Gospels that the evil one is, a, is the greatest liar in the world, okay? Um, and so we have to be very, very careful. So you may think Aunt Mabel's coming through, but really it's the evil one. And what happens is that people become obsessed. Oh my gosh, I'm getting all these messages from Aunt Mabel. I need to keep doing it and doing it. And before you know it, that obsession is just takes them over completely. Mm -hmm. And the evil one understands that, knows that, and then the evil one can really step in and do some harm. But the bottom line is just be very, very careful if you're going to do it. If you're going to use a Ouija board, please don't be drunk. Please don't be high. Please don't don't get in a circle. Please don't use uh, candles and those types of things. Um, But know what you're doing, and it's just not a game. It really isn't. I know a lot of psychic mediums use them. I don't. I stay away from them. Uh, life is a portal as it is, you know, and um, so I have nothing to do with them. But a lot of my psychic, you know, medium uh, brothers and sisters use them and they do wonderfully with mm-hmm. them, but for me personally. But the bottom line is, Kevin is doing much, much better, okay? There was another case a year later so with her name is Virginia. Now, she was ritually abused in a satanic cult when she was small. Okay? Robert, before we go sure. into
0: another case here, let me ask you a, a couple of questions sure. here. Um, I have a a prior guest that has written a book called Seeing Ghosts Through God's Eyes. And he contends that all the paranormal is uh, demonic and influenced by the devil. Uh, My contention is is that he paints with a really large brush. Mm -hmm. Because we don't understand something fully, we can't label the totality of it as evil and bad. So. right. I've encountered myself, paranormal phenomena, that I didn't have that association of repulsion, of wanting to run away very quickly, of mm-hmm. uh, fearing for my life, or more deeply, fearing for my soul. Mm-hmm. So what's your opinion? Is, is everything uh, being influenced by demonic forces? or no, Is no. there a clear-cut oh, difference between oh, okay. when your grandfather comes back and right. appears to you and says... I love you, and please carry on. Everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, you know, with this colleague in mine, I have a hard time believing that that's the devil that's right. acting in this. Uh, I think that this is just the opposite. It's divinely
4: inspired. Yeah, very much so. There is our Protestant brothers and sisters who, that would be are, me. who are very, very, who are very conservative. Okay. It would not be me. Okay, and and they will. And what they go back to is when Jesus cast out demons, um, and so we know that story very well. Um, and but not all paranormal activity is demonic laced. Yeah. Very very few. I believe. You know. I believe that our loved ones do come to us mm-hmm. in a lucid dream. They will come to us. And it's a blessing from God to do that, you know? So I know that I've been, I've been told that I'm going to go to hell because in the Bible it says soothsayers and all this other stuff. But you have to look at the context and what Jesus was talking about at the time. There were so many false prophets. There were so many people doing so many things, okay? Um, it's totally different now. I believe that my gifts and talents come from God, and I do good with those gifts and talents, okay? Um, but again, a lot of our Protestant brothers and sisters, and a lot of them, who are needing help are afraid to go to their, mm. to their church because all at once they're going to do this deliverance. Well, Scott and my paranormal brothers and sisters, when someone is experiencing paranormal activity, I tell them, and this is a psychologist also, it's like an onion. And an onion has many, many layers, Right. So we have to start beginning to peel the layers back to get to the core of the situation because paranormal activity just doesn't happen. It happens for a specific reason. And that's why and that's why it separates me from a lot of, because of my degree. Um, so I come from a psychological side as well as from a spiritual side, okay? Um, I know that I get calls from all over the United States um, and I'm working with a lot of people Um, and they just want some answers for this and that, and, and they want some direction. And, and for me, I give them several paths to take. It is up to them to take it, not me. And so they can do what I suggest or these different paths, or they can, they can go on their own path and that's fine too, you know, um, But with this other one, uh, Vivian, Vivian was psychiatrically ill. She was, and she had, and she, her personality had fractured, had splintered. And there were five different personalities. Only one of the personalities was possessed and the others weren't. And that was the most difficult one to deal with. It took us a long, long, long time. She needed to be integrated and a psychiatrist, friend of mine, a priest from Loyola, integrated four of those to in, back into her and left the one that was possessed because that is the one that, that Father Michael had to deal with. And that's a whole different, that took hours. I mean, we could talk about it for hours and hours, but let me tell you, Vivian is doing much better now, much, much better.
0: I have three distinct personalities. They are me, myself, and I. I. <laughs> yeah. and those, are, those are my crew that I call on sometimes.
4: Right. Okay, me, would you get up and do the dishes? I just feel like kind of <laughs> yeah. kicking back here. Yeah. There's something else that I must say, too, that my room, that I hear angels talk to me, and I. and one night, Scott... With And my bedroom looks like a cathedral, I have all white candles, because in the Book of St. John the Evangelist, he's the only one that says that Jesus is the light in the darkness, not the darkness of the night, but the darkness of the evil one, okay? So I suggest to people, if you're experiencing something, always use white candles to for protection. Anyhow, my room looks like a, a cathedral, and um, and I was and I was meditating, I was saying my prayers, talking to my angels, they were talking to me, and all at once this little boy spirit said, Robert, I'm lost. Mm-hmm. I need help. I'm scared. Where am I where are my parents? And I heard this with my audible ears. A lot of times I will hear things, you know, Mm -hmm. just inside, you know, interior in my soul and my spirit, but but several times, well, not several, but many times also audibly with my ears and his name was Matthew. I said, Matthew, you're safe here. You're safe here. God has brought you, has directed you to me. I said, I know that you've been wandering the earth for a long, long time, you know? And he goes, I want my mom and dad. Mm -hmm. And I said, I said, Matthew, I will help you f- find your mom and dad tomorrow. But I said, right now, I said, I want you to rest. And, there, and I, have a, I have a recliner in my room, and I have these stuffed animals. And uh, because a lot of the cases I'm on, the people will have children, so I take stuffed animals to them. But anyhow, um, and I said, Matthew, just sleep in the chair, and here's, and here's a blanket, and... Um, and before you knew it, I heard this little angel snore, you know, and he was sleeping. And so the next day, and so the next day, probably about 930, I had called our local priest, um, a good friend of mine, and said, I need to cross this little boy over. And he knew that I was in the paranormal, and he's okay with that, um, and, and, and believes in that also, and so during the mass when during before the consecration, part of the and I think it's in Eucharistic prayer number two, it talks about that uh, that the holy angels of God will come down and take and take this and take the bread and wine to heaven as a I mean, you know as a gift from us. I mean they bring it back to us because as Catholics, we believe that the bread and body are actually you know actually the body blood, soul and divinity of Jesus Christ, okay. Well, during that time, I felt Matthew hold my hand. And I said, Matthew, when the angels come down, the angels are going to take you to heaven and you will be fine. And, um, and so during that time, and then I felt Matthew give me a, a, a tug or a squeeze on my hand when the angels came down to get him and they took him to heaven. And I only heard... Not from Kevin, excuse me, Matthew. And I heard from Matthew once since then, and he thanked me. But he's at peace for all this time. And again, I believe that God puts us where we need to be at any given time, that he puts people in our lives for a specific reason.
0: Okay? Yeah, We have, you know, we have uh, uh, intellectual stories that we read and hear, and that we study, of people encountering uh, ghosts. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we have that combined with real experience, Right, and uh, I recently gave a talk where I talked about my intellectual background, mm-hmm. having hosted the program for thirty five years, reading lots of books and fairly well educated in the phenomena uh-huh. and then, in two thousand and seven, I saw a full apparition, I saw a ghost, mm-hmm. and so now I can speak from personal experience and uh, the uh, the individual that I saw is uh, looks as real as anybody else that I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Uh, I couldn't differentiate them. I could certainly pick them out of a lineup. Uh, We have a case, uh, Robert, here in Lincoln, where there is a a rehabilitation hospital Mm -hmm. that was originally an orphanage. Mm -hmm. And the orphan ghost kids come back to spend time with people at the end of life, to not terrorize or scare or frighten these mm-hmm. older people, but to bring them comfort mm-hmm. and joy and love and peace. Mm-hmm. And it's a really heartwarming story that is ongoing. And I would remind people that listen to us this morning that, that we get so caught up in the headlines of death, war, and taxes, and mm-hmm. mayhem and murder and things right. that we forget about what is real. and. These stories are going on all around us Mm -hmm. uh, when we have a chance to talk to people in a comfortable environment where they're not going to be ridiculed or made fun of. These stories come out from their families, what they've experienced Mm -hmm. over the years. And uh, it's been my privilege over the, the reign of this radio show, the tenure rather, to explore those. So mm-hmm. what,
4: what got you started when you, you were a little boy? Yeah, I was a little boy. I was four years old when I had my first experience. What was and, that? And, uh, well, coming from the land of Lincoln, who did I see? Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, I, and, actually,
0: I actually know of a, a story that I tell of a house right here in Lincoln uh-huh. where the daughter woke up one night uh-huh. and she saw standing in the hallway... Mm-hmm. A person that
4: was dressed head to foot like Abraham Lincoln, right. including the top hat. And mine was also in a hallway, and um, I had fallen asleep on our sofa at home, and uh, so my, parent, my mom didn't, my pop, father worked the night shift, and so, and so my mom didn't want to bother me. And so, but during the night, I woke up to go to the bathroom, and all at once, I looked over there, and here is Abraham Lincoln as I'm talking to you and seeing you, Scott. And it's like, oh, my gosh, uh, I have to go to the bathroom. I got to pee. And now what am I going to do? Am I going to wet myself right here? Here's a Lincoln. And anyhow, he just looked at me and smiled. And he went like this. I'll never forget this. And I'm just moving my hand. Being Italian, I talked with my hands. Anyhow, and so um, in Spanish. And so anyhow, he just kind of like motioned for me to come on by. And I felt very, I felt I, I was scared at first. But then I felt very, 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 very comfortable, very comfortable. And then I went, and then the closer I got to him, he kind of smiled and um, he took off his hat and tipped it off to me and uh, let me go to the bathroom. And that was fine. And that was my first apparition. And it's just gotten stronger and stronger. And I, it, you know, and, you know, and people have to realize that I'm going to be 50. 54 listen to me 65 next month and I was born in 54 and during that time if I would have said anything of my things that I things I was experiencing uh paranormal wise during that time you could be taken away to state hospitals they could put you all sorts of things okay so I I had to be very very careful I had gone to my mom because my mom and I were very very close and it said this is what I'm experiencing so she took me to what we would call a white witch in the white witch, even before I got in there, she she came to the door and she goes, "I've been waiting for you." And so she just took my hand, gave me a big hug and a kiss. I felt very comfortable with her, like we were old, you know, souls. Apparently, well, she was because she was almost a hundred. But she was a very loving Italian woman, and uh, she told my mother that I do have these gifts and talents, and that I need to use them wisely. And uh, so she kind of mentored me for a bit when I was little. Then later on, going to the Catholic school, there was a priest, a um, wonderful uh, priest, and God rest his soul, he's dead. And I had gone to confession and said, this is what I'm experiencing. I don't think that I'm nuts and I'm crazy, but anyhow, this priest mentored me also and and helped me to understand. And really, this priest ta- taught me how to turn it on and turn it off. And what I'm doing now is I'm mentoring 10 children, in which I will call called Children of the Paranormal, okay? And a lot of these people have heard me on radio programs like this guy, um, and they have reached out to me. In fact, my godson is one of them, and he is so gifted and so very, very talented. Um, In fact, that his family was profiled on Dead Files. Amy Allen had gone there, and um, I was mentioned when Amy said, well, you know, Lane, I can say his name, Lane needs a medium to, you know, to help him, mentor him through this. And anyhow, so I was mentioned on Dead Files, um, that's a psychic, that there is a medium that I'm, you know, that he's working with and it was me and they mentioned me. And, um, um, And so just though, and just working with those children and seeing how the children were being ostracized and how they did not have a lot of friends because how do you go up to your friend and say, oh, by the way, do you see that person behind you? You know I mean they, you know, you don't want to be sent to the school nurse and they end up on, you know, some psychotropic medications. You know what I mean? But anyhow, and so I'm working with these 10 children and their families, and the children have gotten so much better in school. They have more friends now. I've taught them how to turn it on and off over these like three or four years. Uh, The youngest one is nine, and the oldest one now is 16. And so the big kids take care of the little kids. And so we go to different places in Illinois, or we'll go to uh, we'll go to Valeska House in Iowa. I don't know if you've heard of Valeska. Mm-hmm. Axe House, okay, in Valeska, Iowa. Also that I've taken them to uh, Ferrar Grade School in Ferrar, Iowa. Also that we have I've taken them to Waverly Hills Sanitarium. Um, and so these kids can experience this, and so they can understand it more. And again, the older kids take care of the younger kids, so it's wonderful. So... Okay, and so I um anyhow, so I do I do many many things within the paranormal field. So we're going to take a break here, Robert, uh-huh. and uh, we'll be right back.
0: Uh, if you want to reach Robert, and uh, you wait just a little bit, his phone number is three zero nine two one three zero three two five. If you'd like to talk to him right now as a psychic medium. And when we come back from the break, we'll kind of talk about um, some of the uh, questions you might field as a psychic Mm medium. That phone number that you want to jot down, folks, to call him right now in real time is 402-474-5086, extension 1. If you're listening to this broadcast on the archives, (laughs) don't call that studio number because it'll be somebody else's show. But if you'd like to talk to him right now, the number here at the studio is 402-474-5086, extension 1. Um, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. I'll remind you that next week is our annual Halloween show. We call it Ghost Stories in the Morning <laughs> with Dale Kaczmarek, Lloyd Arbach, and Brent Raines. I'm Scott Colborne with Jim Shorney and our special guest, Robert Riege. We'll be right back after this. Last week we celebrated 35 years of broadcast. We had kind of a birthday party here, and uh, we're the longest-running paranormal talk radio program in the world. It gives uh, Jim and I some place to go and drink coffee sure. and hang Use out us off the streets, with interesting people, and have these <laughs> conversations. And mm-hmm. we appreciate you folks out there. Uh, recently, KZUM at the end of September. We held the, the uh, annual fundraiser and we did uh, raise the $40,000. Yep. So congratulations for those that helped in that endeavor. Uh, that reaching that goal triggered then receiving the funds from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, which is a, a big operating chunk of our budget. So we appreciate that. Things are going well here. It's a bright sunny day. And uh, it's great to have you out there. Our guest is Robert Rigi and he's a forensic psychologist and a psychic medium. And Robert, uh, tell us what a psychic medium does. So when people call you, Mm -hmm. uh, it's not all about possession. No, it's
4: not not about possession. The psychic part of me, Feels the, in other words, people would say the intuitive part of me. So, so I will pe- feel people's pain, anguish, frustration, those types of things, and I see things like I talked about those blocks psychically. Um, do a medium part is do the dead talk to me? Yes. Do I see angels? Yes. Um, can I tell the future? Even if I could. I wouldn't Um, again if I could tell the future all of us would be down at the lottery right now um, or going to the casino and playing and we'd be all winners okay Um, so when somebody says well what do you see in my future and I say to them you see what you need to see in your own future I don't that is not what mediums are supposed to do and personally that if you contact a medium and all of us are going to say, well, you're going to get married in three or four years, I would hang up the phone. Because being a medium isn't telling you that you're going to win the lottery or you're going to find your shining you know, knight in armor. Okay, that's not what we do. What are questions that people are
0: curious about?
4: Uh, they're curious about uh, my aunt, uh, a loved one passed away. Um, I don't like to use the word lost And it bothers me when I see that I lost my uncle. No, your uncle is not lost at all. Not at all. So, and that word, that word bothers me greatly, but they'll want to know, um, is my cousin? Okay. Did they cross over? Um, my brother committed suicide and, 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 you know, is he, is he okay? Um, and those types of things. Okay. Um, when I do radio programs like this one and also from, like, from the United Kingdom as well, a lot of other places, I don't get real personal, okay, because it's nobody's business, okay? Um, I know that people want to tell me their story. They wanna, They all at once want to tell me everything, and I stop people because, because being a psychic medium, I want to tell you what your story is, okay? Give me five minutes because I have asked my angels to... You know to assist me to help me um, and to tell me to tell me what's going on with that specific person everyone has a story to tell people will talk about shadow people people will talk about um, uh, night paralysis sleeping paralysis which I have a whole different take on that Um, I believe that sleep paralysis is a mechanism that our body does physically to protect us because it only happens in night terrors nightmares right um, if we're thinking of the wonderful dream of whatever we never get never go into paralysis at all, but the body is protecting us because we are so frightened that if we would get up, we would hurt ourselves, so the sleep paralysis is really there to assist us to help us. you know that makes sense
0: um, being from a, a Roman Catholic background uh-huh. and still maintaining that affiliation oh, yeah um, very important to um, me. How, how do you um, look at? Uh, somebody taking their own life?
4: And again, it's between them and their maker. Mm -hmm. You know, I believe that, in fact, that we were talking about that just last night about suicide. And I believe that there's two people that have the right to take our lives. God, our creator, or whatever you want to call him, and ourselves. And there are specific reasons why people commit suicide. Um, I don't judge anyone, okay? Um, And, but do a lot of faith, but the Catholic Church is getting away from that now, of where at one time that if you if a person committed suicide, that they would not be allowed to be buried from the church. That right. no longer is true. They have taken that way, yeah, taken that were, out. There completely. were times that, that they couldn't be buried in the same, the same cemetery. Cemetery, but, right, but thank God so, that has all changed now. Praise God for that. Yeah, if there,
0: the, if there are young people or older people out there that uh, have thought about taking their own life, um, I'd like to have you reach out to somebody uh, and it may be a, a good friend. It may be somebody that's trained. Uh, there are crisis lines that can help you. And sort of my <laughs> my my phrase is that that stick around until you see the movie credits roll. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've when right. we went to movies, my kids and I, I'd say, you know, let's not leave early because yeah. there'd be a bunch of people getting up. I mean, the movie is just finishing and the crowd's getting up. And I'd say just stay because sometimes we have those wonderful blooper scenes, deleted scenes right. that they show. Mm-hmm. They'll broadcast, they'll, they'll show something that everybody else misses and we get right. to see. Yep. Dad, I'm so glad we stayed there because they had that one that
4: one thing. So, mm-hmm. um, And it's very true. If someone at this moment who's listening to this program uh, is thinking of suicide or have thought about it before, think about... Think about loving yourself. We all get betrayed. We all get stabbed in the back. People lie to us. People con us, all sorts of things, okay? Think about loving yourself, believing in yourself, okay? And, and think about everything in your life. Think about the good times. We all had good times and bad times. We all have, but think about the good times. Think about the good times that you want in the future, Okay, but love yourself. It is so very, very important that we love ourselves. We cannot love someone else if we don't love ourselves. So embrace that inner child inside of you and love that little boy, love that little girl and you will feel much, much better. There's something I know that I have talked to people about is that look into the mirror and, and, and these are just some things that I have suggested to people and a lot of people have done them is that you look into a mirror and say that nobody's better than thee than me. The old Quaker Oatman on TV said that for years. Nobody's better than thee than me. Say that every morning, look into the mirror and say, I love you because we have to. And right now the world is so upside down. There's so much hatred. There's so much negativity going on in the world. But love, but love always prevails over evil. It always does and it always will. And always remember that. Always remember that there are people there who love you. You may not know it because of what is going on, but they do love you, but especially love yourself. Talk to your guardian angel, and we all have guardian angels. Our guardian angel was given to us by God way before that, way before that we were born, okay? Talk to your guardian angel. Ask your guardian angel what their name is, and keep asking. Okay? The guardian angel doesn't mess with our free will, okay? So ask your guardian angel for help. Ask your guardian angel for assistance. It will come, okay? It may, take, it may take a while, but talk to your guardian angel. Ask your guardian angel for help, and your guardian angel will be there to assist you.
0: So Jim asked the question, I think, off the, off the air during our break. So how does the psychic medium turn it on or off? Oh. You know, um, for example, I'm an empath, so I will walk into a group of people and suddenly get uh, all sorts of messages that come through. Right, and so I've learned to, you know, deal with that. The hardest thing for me is years ago I went to. Las Vegas for my first time, and I walked into the casino. That have to be hell. I felt like I was on overload, (laughs) and so I I could take about thirty minutes of walking Uh, because I don't gamble. mm -hmm. I love people watching. I could take about thirty minutes, and then I'd have to go back up to my room, and take a big deep breath and, and just get get quiet for a little bit before I'd go down again. So mm-hmm. how does the psychic medium deal with that?
4: How on I, or off? how I dealt with it was a yeah. Catholic priest when I was little, uh, showed me, um, he opened a book. Okay. And so when you open the book, you begin to read. And he said, when you open the book, always think of the spirit world where you're opening up it to the spirit world. I said the floodgates are open, right? And so anyhow, and then when you're finished, then you close it, you close the book and put it away. And it takes time to do that, but it does work. It's worked for me for the past 50 plus years of my life. And the children that I'm mentoring, it has worked beautifully with them. Um, I know that when I go into Kroger's, or go into any place like that. Go into a mall. Go anywhere like that. That if I have not closed the book, um, I, I feel everything: people's frustration, anger, happiness, joy, everything. Mm. Um, and and so I, I make sure that I close it. But there are times when one spirit is beckoning me to come up to this person, and I have in a store. I said, "Excuse me, ma'am. This is what's going on with you." But be rest assured. That, you know, but be rest assured that stay on the path that you are on because it's going to be fine. And some yes, people are amazed that I will even say that. And, but when that's so overwhelming to me, I have to go. My angels are telling me, my spirit said, you got to go see this person. This person is hurting badly. And so I did.
0: And yeah, this is Robert Rigge. And when he said on the radio, here's a phone number for him it's 309 213 zero three two five. And, uh, I'm going to get Lynn back up to that microphone again, Lynn, I've got a question for you here. Um, so when you're hanging out with a psychic medium, what's that like? (laughs) Uh, Never, never, (laughs) know. actually,
5: actually, you know, we don't really talk that much about it. Um, I know that's a, a part of his life, Mm -hmm. but, but the stories I've heard today, I've heard for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, because we just have other things in common. And I know that part of it exists, Mm -hmm. but it's not anything that I've really dwelled on. Um, Some of those things I probably don't want to know about, you know. Um, I've had one experience of my own in my life. Mm -hmm. That was when I was an undergraduate at Iowa State University. I was living in an older lady's home in her upstairs. And one night... Things started to happen, and before that, I would never have believed in any of this Mm -hmm. stuff.
2: Um, Such as?
5: Well, the windows started rattling. There was a fluttering next to my ears that I thought was like probably a bat or something. I didn't (laughs) see it. I don't know what it was. There was a white cat that was jumping over my body in bed and then sitting on the edge of my bed, and I let this go on a couple of times, and then I had a friend who actually I had come and sleep in my bed, and I slept on the couch to see if it was going to happen to her, and it didn't. And there again, when Rob was talking about a door opening into that realm, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that was about to happen to me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But so I just moved.
0: Yeah, there, there are... Uh, are a number of theories about what causes some of the the ghostly phenomena, mm-hmm. and one of the theories is is that um, these are people that are very real that exist in another dimension, right? right. And there's that a doorway, true. a portal, mm-hmm. a window that opens up, and they walk through, and they're as surprised as we are, right? Um, to to do that,
4: mm-hmm. and well, just like what Lynn was supposed to experience that. But her friend wasn't, Mm -hmm. you know, that we experience things a lot. And so somebody says, well, stay in this room and you're going to experience this. Well, a lot of times that doesn't happen because we need to experience that for a specific reason. We may not know that reason at that very moment. We may never understand it. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, we were supposed to experience
5: that. And I, too, have a master's degree in counseling. Mm -hmm. So I have worked with families and kids and that type of thing for a number of years, I'm not doing that now. I'm doing, for my retirement, I'm a school bus driver. (laughs) Yeah, I did that too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but, uh, so so we've talked in terms sometimes of people that we've actually worked with and gotten advice from each other for how to treat it. Mm -hmm. I
0: was a a school bus driver part-time in Lincoln for about three and a half years. uh And folks, you've never had an occupation (laughs) where you're the only adult on the bus, mm-hmm. with your back turned to about <laughs> 50 kids Lord that Lord are wound God. up.
5: Absolutely, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So. Robert, we're, uh, we're at How the end of that? the program here, so what I'd like to do is I'd like to give the, the microphone to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, what does the audience that's listening right now need to know?
4: They need to know that don't be afraid of what you're experiencing. If you have, if you have questions... If you want to reach out to me, my phone is always on 24-7-309-213-0325. Always remember that your guardian angel is with you. If you're experiencing paranormal and if it is truly a loved one, they won't mess with us. They won't scare us, okay? But always be very, very, very careful and thinking that it may be a loved one and then... It could be something else, so be very, very careful. Okay, um, you know this time of year everybody's talking about the paranormal and all the ghost stories and all that stuff. You know, and also don't become obsessed with the TV programs, please, because a lot of that what you see on TV is theatrics. Please, I have seen two exorcisms. I know what they are. Um, it is not. It's not vomiting. Uh, Pea soup. It is more entailed than that. It is the evil one just won't mess with you physically, emotionally, but psychologically in your dreams. It's the whole realm of your life, okay? So be very, very careful. Don't become obsessed. I have worked with people who have become obsessed with EVPs and they have just completely cut off their families, okay? Please don't do that, okay? We are here in the living, okay? And always remember that our loved ones are with us, okay? Again, if you have any questions, I will be here um, in the Lincoln and Beatrice area till the 18th of November. Um, and I said to that uh, uh, Cobra Paranormal from Wymore and I were going get, to get together um, and with Keith Ottersberg, who's in charge of it, and I'm going to be doing an exorcism. Uh, that, has, that is in the process of being sanctioned by the Roman Catholic Archdiocese of Chicago. What makes this difference is this is an exorcism of a property and a building, okay? And again, I wish everyone have a most blessed day. Please love yourself. Um, give, give, give the ones that you love, give them a big hug today, okay? Because we are never promised for tomorrow. We never are, okay? And, um, and, keep, and keep Scott's friend in prayer who is not doing well. Remember those children and those adults who are missing. Keep those in prayer, too, and especially their families who are, um, who are in special need, okay? And again, thank you, Scott. Yeah, so thank you James so very very much I really experience I I mean that we could talk for another couple of hours Um, but anyhow I appreciate this so much and Lynn and I are going to be on the ghost tour of Lincoln uh, on the 30th so I'm looking forward to that so very very much and there's always a wonderful time so again thank you Scott and God bless you and for all my paranormal brothers and sisters please be safe and um, love yourself talk to your guardian angel and your guardian angel will talk to you
0: We've had Robert Riggi, a forensic psychologist and psychic medium on the broadcast. Uh, his phone number to reach him at is 309-213-0325. He'll be in the, the Beatrice area, the Nebraska, until he says uh, about the middle of November then. Stay tuned for Beta Radio. They're coming up next in a matter of minutes. And uh, Jim Shorty, what are you doing for the rest of today? Uh, Enigma tonight at
1: the wine place in Omaha.
0: I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to have time tonight to get the yard mowed, if this ah. nice weather holds. Well, I've been so busy here that I've either got to bring animals in to graze or I've got to mow the lawn. Yeah, <laughs> see,
1: every time I get ready to do my antenna work, it rains or something, and I don't want to go out there and get all muddy and dirty and, and whatnot, but... Uh,
0: We've got a really fun show next week. We've got the annual uh, Halloween show, and the 26th is as close as we could get. It's Ghost Stories in the Morning with the uh, founder of Ghost Research uh, Society, and that's out of Chicago. I think it's ghostresearch.org. That's Dale Kazmarek, the author of many uh, books. He leads uh, ghost tours in the Windy City uh, almost on a weekly, if not a nightly basis. Resurrection the, Mary. The uh, parapsychologist and author Lloyd Arbach will be with us and our good friend Brent Rain. So that's next week. Uh, and uh, thoughts and prayers again for our, our friend, uh, one of my best friends, Ray Boucher, as he uh, faces his health challenges here. Mm-hmm. So thanks very much for Robert Riggi coming up and his friend Lynn. Stay tuned for Beta Radio. I'm Scott Colborne, and until next week... Welcome Beauty.